welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Great to see you all. Let me just pray. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence on me right now. Father, and on every heart, touch our hearts, Lord God. Touch our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated. Give someone a smile. And So praise God. It's good to see you all. Is everyone happy? Are the mums happy? Because your kids are going back to school? Tell me about it. Do you just long for the end of the school, Erin? Oh, you're so sweet. You like having them in your garden. But um, some of us enjoy seeing them go. Anyone just like, yay, they're back at school. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. Okay, you're smiling. Yeah, no, it was a great joy for me at the end of school holidays. I love my kids. I love having them with me, but it was lovely when they went as well. What about you, Maddie? You like them? You like just, I mean, it's good, you know, have them with you, but it's good when they go. Praise the Lord. So, this morning, we have been preaching on reaching up, reaching out, reaching in. We're looking at our mission statement, and we've been looking at reaching up, and, you know, just... Reaching out to God, reaching up to worship God, to bring glory to God. And here comes my message. It's kind of like a little bit of fill there. Don't worry, darling. I know, I know. Very organized. So if Blessing didn't, might not have got all the words up there. Oh, wow. Well done. Um, so yeah, reaching up to worship God. And we've spoken about prayer. And so today I'm going to talk about worship. And what it means to worship God. And, you know, prayer and worship really go together, if you think about it, because Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we begin prayer with worship. So Jesus said in John 4.23, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is looking for people to worship him. He's looking for true worshippers, which implies that there's probably fake worshippers. But he's looking for worship. And why is he looking for worship? Why does he want us to worship him? He commands it. He commands it because worship is our response to him. And he loves us. So he's loving us. And the more we get to know him and the more we see him, the more we want to worship him. So it's a response because he's worthy. So he doesn't command it because he needs it. He's fine without it. He commands it for us because it, it, it means we have relationship. It's like if, you know, I got married to Chris and Chris would like me, you know, if he says, I love you, he doesn't want me to just go. He wants me to go, I love you too. If he kisses me, he wants me to kiss him back. And that's what worship is. It's a response because we have this incredible God who's just loving us so much 
And we want to respond to him. It's not a chore. It's not a sort of a, okay, I've got to go and you know, worship and here we go. It's an absolute delight. It's a delight to worship God. It's a delight. He's so worthy of our worship. And we are designed to worship. The English word worship comes from worthscape, means to attribute worth to something. So we're always going to do this. It's not a question of who you worship. It's a question of do you worship. It's a question of what or who you worship. We're always worshiping because we're always sacrificing for something, even if it's just ourselves. For some people, it's their body, for goodness sakes. You know, some people, they, they worship their muscles. They spend, look, look at, oh it's, getting, oh, it's getting a bit bigger, you know. Thank you, Frosty. Yep, I know. A fine example. A fine example. <laughs> Seriously, some people literally worship their own beautiful body. Some people worship nature, like... We've got to save nature, everything for nature. Some people worship their job, their money, social standing, good looks, whatever. Just we, put, we, we sacrifice and put worth towards something. We're going to worship. So let's worship who we're meant to worship. The only one who's worthy of worship. The only one who is truly holy, truly amazing, truly wonderful. Let's worship him. It's not a chore. It's an absolute delight. So what I want to do is look at the life of a great worshipper in the Bible because I kept coming back to the Psalms and this man wrote 75 of the 150 Psalms. He was a, he was, his was a life of worship. He loved to worship God. And I thought we could look at the life of David and learn from him. He truly was a worshipper. It's the first, one of the first things we know about him was that he was playing the harp, playing the lyre, playing his instruments. He was a warrior. He was a king. He was a husband, a father. He, was, he did a lot of stuff. You know, he was a very happening guy. But he found time to worship. He found time to get a hold of his instrument and play. I think we don't, it's hard to know what instruments he played because the Bible uses these strange words that they don't know how to translate. So they sort of say, maybe something like a lute, maybe some kind of guitar. They don't know. They have these strange words, but he played them. And listen to what he said, Psalm 63, 1 to 5. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. My flesh. After the fast, you think you wanted chocolate? Is that what you think you wanted? You think, you know, I mean, <laughs> that first piece of chocolate, I must admit, it was amazing. Like when you haven't had any sugar for days, you just, wow. It really, I was just like, wow, this is good. It's almost worth fasting for three days just so I can have the pleasure of that first piece of chocolate. <laughs> it was amazing. It was actually the first thing I broke my fast with. <laughs> but it says, my flesh yearns for you. All you coffee people, your flesh, your flesh, your body is literally yearning for God. So imagine if you are not worshipping God, your body is just going to have that, you're going to be itching for something. You're bound to fill up on something wrong because your flesh wants the Lord. And, but David knew this. My flesh yearns for you. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. Worship is all-inclusive. My first point is that it's, it's a life of worship. In Romans 12, 1, we read, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living 
and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This is true and proper worship. Your whole, everything, everything we do, we can do it for him. And there's a, that's a form of worship. We can wash up like, how come I get to wash up? How come, you know, they don't wash up? Or you can wash up and say, I'm going to wash up for you, Jesus. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to sweep the courtyard for you. I'm going to be on children for you. I'm going to go to work for you. You can do everything with a spirit of worship. So worship is our whole life. It's all inclusive. Charles Spurgeon said this, My happiest moments are when I'm worshipping God, really adoring the Lord Jesus Christ. In that worship, I forget the cares of the church and everything else. To me, it is the nearest approach to what it will be in heaven. David worshipped with humility and with awe. He says this, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So we begin worship with a sense of awe. It's incredible that we get to worship God. It's incredible that he wants to listen to each one of us. And we need to have that attitude of humility. You know, they really did. The Middle Eastern way of worship was really on your knees, head on the ground, full, lay down, worship. It can be humbling for us to worship. Some people, do you remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember coming from an Anglican church to C3 and just, you know, that embarrassment about having to put your hand up. You know that thing? Because you see some people like this and you go, oh, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I think I'd like to do that. And that, that, you know, that we've all, you know, you've heard us preach about this, that, and it's like, I think everybody's looking at me, everyone's looking at this hand, you know? You start with one, it's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. It's like, you know what? When we worship... <laughs> it's not actually about us. <laughs> like, it's about God. So that kind of shows in a way why we have to humble ourselves because we're sort of going, oh, no, I feel bad. It's like no one cares, and even if they do, so what? Because the only person that we are responding to is God. The only person. When I kiss my husband, and I'm using these intimate sort of references because that's what worship is like. When I kiss my husband... I'm not trying to impress Frosty. <laughs> that's that's kind of, I know that's kind of weird. Okay, that's, I know, that's really weird. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the whole image. It's really weird. I'm sorry, Emily, the whole thing. It's, it's, it's off. I get it. I get it. The guy, okay, don't just stay away from each other. It's okay. I said I'm not, okay? So, hello, you're all kind of responding like, Ugh, that's kind of the whole image. Like, that's really weird, Ruth. Just leave that. But, but that, hello... We worship God. I'm not trying to impress everyone, anyone else. I'm not trying to go, can everybody see how spiritual I look? Can everyone see how wonderful I am? Or can everyone not see me because I'm shy? Like it's, we're not, it's not got anything to do with anyone else. It's between me and God. I'm worshipping God. So we humbly come before God and do what God wants us to do. And if God wants us to kneel, we kneel. If he wants us to raise our hands, we raise our hands. And he actually does ask us to do all that. We'll get on to that. So he is Lord, we worship him. The Greek word for worship, where it says that um, in the New Testament, where it speaks of worship, there's several words in the Bible that are the word for worship that they use. And a lot of them mean bow down, reverence, holding awe. I love the Greek word proskuneo, pro, which means toward, like, like, kuneo, a dog. 
It's a word for dog. And that is the word for worship in the New Testament. How cool is that? It means to love and adore. It's like, like a dog. <laughs> I just think that's the coolest word for worship. When um, Bethany had a party recently and we've got two big dogs in our house at the moment. We've got Max and Sonny. And uh, we had uh, some sort of family, of, I, think, I think it was an engagement party or something like that. Anyway, Hudson came to the engagement party and um, someone said to Hudson, said, There's this, we've got this great big um, German shepherd and someone was watching the German shepherd and watching Hudson and they said, they went up to him and they said, and they just thought he was a guest, you know, they didn't realise he was our son, but they said, that, that dog is really obsessed with you. He's like, he won't take his eyes off you. He is, he is, he is looking at you all the time. And Hudson goes, yeah, yeah, he's my dog. And they went, oh, okay. I was like, what's with the, you know, and maybe the German shepherd has discovered someone with evil intent in the house or something, you know, like, like he does with the possums all through the night. Haven't talked to you about that yet, darling. And that's why I'm late. Two o'clock, three o'clock, all, all night. Oh, anyway, that's another story. The dog has discovered possums and they have little wars in the middle of the night. So it's just lovely. But anyway, um, the dog doesn't take his eyes off the owner. You know, he's like, what do you want to say? What do you want me to do? And then when Hudson says, come, he's straight away. That's a form, obedience is a form of worship. But it goes beyond that because it's that, it's the concept is that sort of laying down at your master's hand, like nah, 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 licking and loving. I love you, I love you, like a dog. Like that just, I love you. I love, you know how dogs just love us. That's the concept. And that's what we do, you know, when we arrive home and the dogs are like, they hear the car come in, they go to the front side gate. And then they're you're home, you're home, you're home. And then we go, yes, yes, yes. And then we go down the stairs and we go clunk, clunk. Well, especially Chris, he goes clunk, 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 clunk down the stairs. And so, strangely, the dog, no, you've never heard anything like it. It's like an elephant. Like, I've literally had people comment. I've had people comment and say, is that, is that Chris? Like, just walking down. I said, yeah, yeah. That's how he walks up the stairs. Like, it's just the way it is. So anyway, he, Chris walks down the steps so loudly that the dogs next door could hear, I think. But anyway, our dogs know, He's going downstairs, out to the back, and then go, meow, around to the back, and then we go into that, and then they're out the back door. Hi, 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 hi. So sweet. So sweet. I mean, it's very loving. No wonder people love dogs, you know, especially if their husbands or wives aren't loving them much, you know, it's like, it's all I got. But, um, but that's that kissing, kneeling, and prostrating ourselves with deep respect, profound reverence, and passionate love. That's what worship is. David worshipped with a pure heart. Psalm 57, 7, my heart is steadfast. Oh God, I will sing and give praise to you. True worship has to be from the heart. It must be real. How absolutely horrible it is to be in a fake relationship. We all have relationships that fall apart and then everything's fake. It's awful. I hate it so much. You know, like, hi, how are you going? Fine. Great to see you. Hmm, yes. And you, uh, 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 and you want to be intimate, but there's a problem. And uh, God does, don't do that with God. Don't sort of go, I worship you, God. And he goes, yeah, I know, but can we talk about this other thing? No, I don't want to talk about that, God. I don't want to deal with that issue. And God's like, come on, open your heart. It's like, don't you? You can't fake it with God. He knows everything you do. He knows everything you think. You're not like going to get away with it. <laughs> I don't think God's going to notice my uh, hard heart. Uh, yes, he will. 
<laughs> so soften our hearts and just be open and honest. Confess what we have to confess. Isaiah 29, 13. These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Come on, how horrible. How horrible to do the form of worship. And let me just say, I know we, can, we immediately think, I don't know, of the you know, older churches with the... And you think, oh, come on, guys, like get real. But, it, you know, Pentecostals can do it too. Let's not just, you know, and there's some people in older forms of church whose hearts are truly worshipping. It's not the form. It's the heart. It's the heart of worship. David was passionate. He was passionate in his worship. He sang, he shouted, he played instruments. He said, Psalm 51, 15, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. He said, play skillfully with a shout, a ten-string harp, a timbrel, a lute, stringed instruments, flutes, loud cymbals, clashing cymbals, basically any instrument you can play, let's use it for Jesus. If you play an instrument, come and join the worship team and just do it for Jesus. You don't have to. You get to. It's a privilege. What an absolute privilege to worship Jesus. And what a great privilege to lead others in worship. What a delight. That was David, like, give me an instrument, I'm going to worship the Lord. Put some music on, please. Just think about the music you listen to. Music belongs to the Lord. It's the Lord's music. The devil stole it. He stole music. And now he's trying to get people to use music for him. It's, it's, does, it's not his. So if you're listening to something, I'm not saying you can never listen to non-Christian music, but make sure you mainly listen to worship and to God's music. And, and if you do listen to other music, just be aware of what you're listening to sometimes because your heart's opened by music, you know, and you don't want to put that stuff in there. So let's be careful what we listen to. That's what the Bible says. Let's be passionate to use music, this incredible gift that belongs to God. Let's use it for him and in honour of him. And let's be passionate like David. Listen to what David did. It says there was a moment where they brought the ark back into Jerusalem. And it says here, Samuel chapter 6, David danced before the Lord with all his might. And he was wearing a linen ephod, so just the basics just a kind of little linen thing there. I don't think they had elastic, so it wasn't like an underpants, but it was some sort of wrapped up thing. There was not a lot going on. And when Michal, who was David's wife, saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. She said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Some people don't like it when you worship. She didn't like it. It's like, you, you're making yourself look like a fool. You go to that church, what an idiot. You know what they do there, don't you? And people come in sometimes like, what, what are you doing? We're worshipping God the way he told us to worship. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord. I'm just going to cut a bit out here. So I will make music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this. I will be humble in my own sight. And as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honour. And then the sad ending, therefore Michal had no children to the day of her death. To not worship God is a form of barrenness. 
It's a way of stunting our own fruitfulness because we were designed to worship, to refuse to worship, and even worse, to mock those who do, is going to lead us barren. So let's be sure that we're worshiping because we want to be fruitful and we want, to, we want to produce all that we're meant to produce as people. It's very satisfying to be productive and useful and God wants us to be like that. So let me encourage you to be passionate in your worship. Psalm 103 verse 1, praise the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, praise his holy name. Honestly, I have so many scriptures, it was just like very hard to cull. There's so much in the Bible about worship. Let Listen, David danced before the Lord with all his might. And earlier it said they played instruments with all their might. I, was, I read that and I went, I'm going to do that. Have you ever done that? So in my bedroom, making sure that the windows were shut and no one was around, I literally worshipped the Lord with all my strength. I danced like a crazy woman. If you could have seen me, and I am, I'm not a pretty dancer, you know, so I'm just like dancing and then I'm yelling as loud as I could. I'm screaming. I'm like, how do you do, how do you use your entire strength? I couldn't do it for very long because I stopped and I went, it's quite tiring, you know, you've got to be fit. But I just did, I, just, I thought, I've never done that. I have never danced with all my might and worshipped the Lord with everything inside of me. And it was so liberating. I encourage you to do it. Really, just go for it. It was so great. I know why he did it. I just felt like every, everything that was bugging me, every little bit of darkness and heaviness was like, just it got exploded out. I burst into laughter because I had a vision of how ridiculous I looked. So I was full of joy. Partly, I think, the joy of the Lord, partly with hilarity and how weird I was being. (laughs) But it was wonderful. And the Bible says that. It says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord. You know, we need to use our body when we worship. We need to get into it because we, we break things off us and we, we are liberated into the presence of God. We need to kneel down before him in humility. We need to, to step out of our personality box and worship him just like he says. See, the way I read the Bible, I actually do what it says. And I've never done that before, worship him with all my might. So I thought I'm going to do that. If it says worship him with your mouth, I'll do it. If it says bow down, I'll do it. I don't do it all the time. I don't always do it in church because the Bible says let all things be done decently and in order. And, you know, I I think that if we all danced with all our might in this church service, (laughs) it would really be funny, wouldn't it? But I think we have to consider visitors. I don't know if you're visiting today, but we are not complete weirdos. And I think if anyone came in, they would just go, whoa, I'm out of here. So there's a time and a place. For me, it was alone at home. But, you know, there's a time and a place. We can find those times. Jesus often went away to a lonely place to pray. I don't know. Maybe he did a crazy dance, you know. So there's a time and a place. But let me just encourage you to be passionate, to be passionate. Even if you don't feel like you're passionately in love with God, sometimes it's like you've got to just do it. You know, fake it till you make it. That actually works. Sometimes if you just start to passionately love him, he can open your heart and you can realise, I do love you. And it's like, yeah, I know. You know? David embraced the sacrifice of worship. He said, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for that is good. 
Psalm 54, 6. Many times, many, many times he worshipped when he was really depressed and he did not feel like it. This is called a sacrifice of praise. This is kind of like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my husband. Like that. No, no meaning, no reason. <laughs> we'll make up after the service. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> um, Frosty, I'm leaving him alone for a minute. <laughs> but, you know, it's, sometimes you just don't feel like worship because you're sad. David worshipped in sacrifice at the strangest times and in the saddest times. He wrote a Psalm 57, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Those beautiful words. When Saul was trying to kill him and he was hiding in a cave. I think at that point, many of us wouldn't go to worship. We'd be getting on to Triple O. Let's call the police. This is getting serious. Afterwards, we'd ring the counsellor. I'm, I'm I need trauma. David's approach was to worship. And he wrote down, he even had the, he even took the time to write, you know. It wasn't even just a sort of, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. It was really, I'm going to worship, I'm going to really think about my worship, I'm going to write it down. He worshipped when his son, he wrote Psalm 3, when Absalom, his own son, turned against him and tried to turn, take the kingdom from him. He worshipped God. When his newborn baby son died, he wrote Psalm 9, he worshipped God. Do not pray for an easy life so that you can worship. Pray to be stronger because life will not always be easy. And in those times, our worship is so much more meaningful. In heaven, we're just going to love, 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 love to worship. We will. But we won't offer a sacrifice of praise because there won't be anything bad. That's something we get to do here on earth. So at those lowest of times, those lowest of times, and we've all had those times, I encourage you to, to worship the Lord, to go before him and say, you know what, God, I still worship you and I still praise you. And I have a friend, we, you know, 2020, what a great time to worship. Put on the, Isaiah 61.3, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I have a friend who... Um, <laughs> She got the phone call just before Christmas. She planned it all, had the, the grandchildren coming, all the prezies and everything. She gets a phone call to say she had been, she lives in Avalon. She went to a gym at the same time as someone who had the disease. So she had to isolate for two weeks, total isolation. No one could come to her house. She had to stay in her room. Christmas was essentially cancelled because she couldn't even leave the room. But she could only, if other people left the room, she could go outside only if no one else was outside in her property. No one could come to the property. The grandchildren couldn't come. The whole thing was just, most people would, you know, I mean, we all found it a bit unpleasant. But that's like, oh, you know, how annoying. Next level. So I sent her a text, said, hey, how are you going? <laughs> She's a worshipper. She's a very someone who looks to God and rejoices in all situations, she said this, I'm having a lovely time, resting, reading, everyone's doing everything for me. Liv cooked a lovely Christmas lunch and delivered it to me. I have unbroken sleeps at night because there's no snoring waking me up. I've never felt better. In some ways, it's an unexpected gift. Shame not to see Chloe and the kids for Christmas, and it's her birthday tomorrow, but not the end of the world. How are you? I'm like, yes. Classic. I love her. I love her. She just goes to praise and positivity and refuses to be negative. Paul and Silas were in prison. 
in prison. They'd been beaten with rods, rods. And it says that they praised the Lord. They were singing and praying to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. And that brings me to my final point about worship, is that worship brings amazing victory. Worship brings victory. It really does lead to breakthrough. I left this at the end and I nearly didn't say it because it's not the point. The point is I love you. I don't care if I get anything back or not. I love God and I want to, I just enjoy worshipping. I love, it's a great romance of our lives to seek God. And it's the great adventure to find him and to know him. It's the, it's, sometimes when I see people like my, some of my family and they say, what have you, how are you going? What's been happening? And I'm, I feel like so much. And then I'm like, you know, if they're not saved, it's like, I, oh, but I can't really share it because it was like kind of that amazing prayer time I had or how God spoke to me. Or, and I've got this great adventure I can't share. Because it's so exciting to seek God and to find him and discover him and worship him and break through. And there is great victory in our worship. When Paul and Silas worshipped in that prison, and they were beaten, they had their, their, their legs in shackles, and they would have been in pain, and those prisons were horrible caves. They were worshipping. And it says that the, a great earthquake came and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains fell off. How incredible. How incredible what worship can do. It literally can break us through into an incredible victory. An incredible victory. Praise God. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.